Our second Peter chapter three. <clears throat> Sorry, second Peter chapter two. Second Peter chapter two. And I'm going to read from verses one to three. Are we all there? Second Peter chapter two, verses one to three. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even deny the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be even spoken of. And true covetousness shall they fern words make merchandise of you. Whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their domination slumbered not. Uh, tonight I want us to discuss on the subject of the first prophet. Uh, what do you see about the false prophet? Or what can you see about a false prophet? What are the characteristics of false prophets? The Bible tells us that there were false prophets also among the people. So God wants us to understand that there will always be some people that are false prophets. Now, in the Bible... Back in the Old Testament, the prophet, they were a God-spoke man, okay? Whenever God wants to communicate the truth to the people, he will always raise someone that will go and communicate the truth to the people. We can look at several prophets in the Bible. We look at prophets. Moses was a prophet of God, amen? Because God will send his word to Moses, and Moses will communicate the word of God to God's people, the Israelites. Now, we have so many of them in the Bible, they were God's spokesmen, and they speak exactly everything that God asked them to say. They will not hurt to the word of God. They will not diminish from the word of God. They will never take anything from the word of God. And that is the reason why God is always angry when people will take out of the word of God. And that is the reason why he said, if any man take from my word, I will hurt the plague to his life. Because God does not want to take anything out of his word and replace it with something else. But the only one person that has always been successful at twisting God's word is Satan. It is, it is very known for that. It will take the word of God, everything that God has said in this one, and say, okay, this is the word of God. I believe surely with all my heart, Satan, he knew exactly the word of God. He knew exactly what God wants, but for you and I, he's always looking for a way so that he will twist the word of God, so that we will not understand the word of God. Now, in the Bible, God always sent the prophet to give instruction to God's people. Not only instruction, 
to give judgment, whenever God wants to send judgment to a nation, he will always send a prophet to them and say, listen, I want you to go to this particular nation and tell them that what they are doing is wrong and I'm sending my judgment upon them if they do not repent. Not only instruction, not only judgment, but rebuke and blessing and cursing. And look at what the Bible says in the book of Micah chapter 3 verse 8. Micah chapter 3 verse 8. The book of Micah chapter 3 verse 8. Micah 3 8. This is God sending Micah to rain judgment upon the first prophet. And let's start from verse 5 and see what the Bible says. Because God is always angry whenever people want to twist his word. Look at what the Bible says. Thus said the Lord concerning the prophet that make my people what? Hell. Now, what does the word help me to make them go wrong on a wrong direction? Now, a lot of people today, a lot of prophets today, the people that spoke men of God, the pastors today, they are making God's people help. Now, the word the Bible says that bite with their teeth and cry peace, and he that put it not into their mouth. They even prepare word against him. Therefore, night shall be unto you, that ye shall not have a vision. And it shall be dark unto you, that ye shall not define. And the sun shall go down over the prophet, and the day shall be dark over them. Then shall the seers be ashamed. The meaning of the seers means the prophet. Be ashamed. And the diviners confounded. Yea, they shall all cover their lips, for there is no answer of God. But truly and full of power by the Spirit of the Lord, and of judgment and of might, to declare unto Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. So we can see from the Bible that God sent prophet Micah to other prophets, to the first prophet who are doing the wrong thing. Now God always front his face at the I mean, are the wrong prophet because they are making the people go wrong in the right in the wrong direction. And also, God always used the prophet to talk about the coming blessing. We look at Isaiah in the Bible. Isaiah prophesies about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We look at Moses. He also prophesies about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and many other people. And also, we have prophets in the word of God that also talks about the judgment of God, the wrath of God. We have Daniel. We have Isaiah. We have Jeremiah. We have Joel. We have I mean, Zechariah and many others who declare about the judgment of God. Now, most of the times, I want you to understand that one of the things or one of the characteristics that God tells us about the first prophet is in verse 1. Look at Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1. The Bible says, but there were first prophets also among the people. Now, I believe surely with all my heart that the congregation that I mean, Peter was speaking to, it was a large congregation with so many people. And he was telling them, listen up, even though you were plenty, you were many, I can sense that there were false prophets among you. Even as there shall be false teachers among you, 
who privilege shall bring in damnable heresy? Number one, they bring in damnable heresy. The word damnable means something that destroys. The heresy that destroys. The heresy is the wrong teachings, the wrong doctrine, the wrong truth of the word of God. So they will always truth, I mean, twist the word of God. So the Bible tells us that they will bring in something that is damnable, something that is not helpful and useful, I mean, I mean, useful for you. So we can see about the, I mean, about the characteristics of false prophets, they will always come to you with a damnable heresies. It is full in our churches today. It is full in our society today. I mean, they are everywhere. Even when you are sitting there in your house, they come to your house. Even if you listen on the radio, you listen to them on the radio, on the TV, they are always there bringing in the damnable heresies. And you know the kind of people that they deceive? The baby. The baby in Christ. And that is why the Bible tells us in that chapter, I mean, I mean, uh, in, the, I mean the first chapter, as, I mean, in the first book of the Peter, it said, listen, I want to grow. I want to know the Bible. I want to know some certain things in the word of God so that you cannot be deceived by these people. Even though they are among you, you will understand those things that they are preaching and you will be able to stand against the teachings and the damnable heresies. Now, if you don't know damnable heresies, you will not be able to stand against damnable heresies. You have to recognize them. You have to know what damnable heresies are in order for you to stand against them. If you are not standing, let me tell you something, you will always fall for everything that they throw at you. And that is why I always want people to understand that, listen, the Bible is the final authority. Irregardless of what. So they will bring in what? Damnable heresies. It is full in the world today. And number two, I want you to understand, say, and even deny the Lord that bought them. Now, I want you to understand this. I want you to listen to me this evening. They deny the Lord that bought them. Now, the Bible tells us in the, in the word of God, who is that person that bought us? Look at what the Bible says in the book of First Peter. Take your Bibles to First Peter. I want you to see what the Bible says so that you can understand from the word of God. The Bible says they deny the Lord. Who is the Lord? Jesus Christ. Amen. So the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Shall be saved. So the Bible tells us that this prophet, you know what they do? They deny the Lord that bought them. Take your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to start reading from verses 1 to 21. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses one, I mean, verses 17 to 21. The Bible says, And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of person, judged according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. Now, verse 18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your faith conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Now, a lot of people will follow the tradition of their fathers, especially the Jewish people. They always follow the tradition, touch not, taste not, and feel not. Oh, don't do this. They are so particular about the tradition. The things that they used to do that are not, that are not even in the Bible. So they follow the tradition. They make the word of God of non-event 
through their tradition. And you can see in many churches today that a lot of people, they are only following the tradition of their fathers. They are always following the tradition of their, I mean, of their family or of their culture, but they are not following the word of God. Look at what the Bible says here. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed, okay? The word redeem is to, to bought something. To, to be bought back. Amen? So when you see, every time you see the word redeem, to be bought back, that is the word means. For example, during the time of slavery, they will sell a slave. And sometimes, a master will love that slave so much, say, okay, I want to buy this person back. So he has to pay a price in order for the slave to be bought back to him. So the Bible is saying that, you know, we have been slave to sin. We have been sold to sin. So the Bible is not telling us that, no, you are not redeemed with corruptible things as of silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your father. Look at verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was for ordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Now, I want you to think about this. How would Christ come before the foundation of the world? The Bible says, <laughs> Christ, he was already slain from the foundation of the world. It's in the Bible. Say for for ordained before the foundation of the world. So we can understand from the Bible that Christ has already been slain. It was a lamp of God. We take it away the sin of the world. So these people, this first prophet, you know what they were denying? They were actually denying the price that Christ paid for our sin. They thought that, oh, you know, we don't have to believe in Christ. As long as we are doing all right, as long as we are obeying the Ten Commandments, as long as we are keeping the law, as long as we are following the rules, we don't have to believe on Jesus Christ. The Bible said they are denying. They realize what he has done for them. You know, if you want to deny someone, maybe you see your friend, brother, I've seen you many times, you are my friend, you are my brother, and I saw you coming, and I walked past you. Even though I, I, I know you, but I just deny your existence. I've denied your familiarity. I've denied who you are. So God is saying that these false prophets, they were not only false before because they believe in damnable heresy, but also deny the Lord. They knew about the Lord, but they were denying what he did for them, denying the price that Christ paid for our sin. So God wants us to understand that we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you tonight. Nothing else can make you whole. Nothing else can save you except Christ. So, and the Bible tells us that even the price he paid, it was only on the cross. It has already been planned by God the Father. God has already planned this before the foundation of the world. This is something that God has already planned. Let me tell you something. Everything that happened in life, it wasn't by chance. Nothing happens to God by mistake. Nothing takes God by surprise. We can only be surprised by incidents, by situations, by problems that are happening in our world today. But let me tell you something. Nothing takes God by surprise. 
He knows already that some people are going to deny him. He knows already that some people are going to deny the work that he did for them. So I want you to understand that the first prophet, they deny the Lord that brought them. And they are establishing their own righteousness. Now take your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 10 that we read before. And we look at this class of these people. And we... Romans chapter 10. And I want you to take your time and, and read, go home and study this. This is one of these people that they are denying. Okay? Listen, look at what the Bible says. Brethren, my heart's desire and, pray to, and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Okay? Now, we have someone that has a burden for his people. We have someone that has a, a passion that the nation of Israel, they will be saved. Say, my prayer to God and for Israel is that they might be saved. Now, why is he praying for them? Now, look at what the Bible says in verse 2. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to what? Knowledge. They have zeal. You know, we have so many Christian, I mean, churches today, our religious churches today, they have zeal. They have zeal of God, but not according to what? Knowledge. Okay? They do not have the knowledge, even though they have the zeal, they will have the passion, they have the enthusiasm for them to go out and tell people about God, but it is not according to the knowledge of the Bible of what the Word of God is saying. Now look at what the Bible says. Verse 3. For they be ignorant of what? Of God's righteousness. Now, we need to understand that God's righteousness is different from our own righteousness. So, the Bible says they are ignorant. The word ignorance is not, a, is not, uh, is not an abusive word, right? The Bible says in the book of Hosea chapter, uh, I think Hosea chapter 2 verse 4, says, my people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge. So, is that, am I right? Hosea chapter 2 verse 4. So, I mean, the word ignorant, I mean, it is it is not a curse word. It's not an abusive word. But the Bible tells us that these people, they are being ignorant of what's, of God's righteousness. And you know what they were doing? Look at the same verse. And going about to establish what? Their own righteousness. And have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of who? Of God. Now, they are going about denying the Lord that bought them. They say, oh, we don't have anything to do with Jesus Christ. We can get the work done on our own. We can get to God on our own. We can make it to heaven on our own. We don't need the blood of Jesus Christ to share, I mean, to, I mean, to purge us from our sin. We don't need any cleansing from our sin. I think we are okay. So they were denying the, the Holy One, the Just One. Our Lord Jesus Christ that bought them. Now look at what the Bible says. Verse 4. For Christ is the hand of the law for righteousness to everyone that what? That believe it. Now you can understand from the Bible that if you want to be a child of God, if you want to go to heaven, if you want to have eternal life, there is only one thing you can do. It is either you take God's way or you take your own way. 
You can't mix the two together. You know, we make Christianity so difficult for people. He went so many yesterday, and we met a man, all of us, and we asked this, our sincere and honest question. If you were to die today, are you 100% sure that you will go to heaven? And the man looked at us. You know, he said it emphatically. No, I'm not. I know my question is, why? He said, there are so many rules and regulations. There are so many laws that I have to keep. There are so many commandments that I'm not keeping. And that is why I'm telling you that I can't. Listen, we have so many people like that. They are denying the work that God has done. Even though they realized, but because they find themselves in a wrong place, in a long local church, and they are denying the work of Jesus Christ. So one of the characteristics of a false prophet, they will always bring in damnable heresies. Nothing that is of their own mind. They are speaking of their own mind, of their own self. Everything that they will tell you is not even according to the uh, agreement of the word of God. Now, here is a point. I want you to understand this. I can only take one passage of the scripture and build our church doctrine on it. It is possible. We can take one passage of scripture and say, in our church, we are not going to eat meat again. Okay? And I will, t- I will take it to the Bible and say, it's in the Bible. The Bible says, he that killed an horse is as if he slew a man. I can take it to the Bible and I will prove to you that we are supposed to be worshipping God in one way. You know, we can always go to the Bible and try to justify what you believe. But let me tell you something. One thing you can do as a student of the Bible that you can always compare scripture with scripture. The, the Bible tells us that for the word of God is of no private interpretation. It is not by the will of man. So I'm telling you tonight that we can't take the Bible and say, okay, this is one passage of the scripture and build our church doctrine on it and say, this is what we are going to believe. We need to compare scripture with scripture. Amen? Amen. So we need to understand that if you want to identify a false prophet, number one, they will bring in damnable heresy. Number two, they deny the Lord, Jesus Christ, that bought them. Now, I love the Bible. It didn't say that but us. Whether they agree or not, whether they believe or not, the Lord Jesus Christ bought them. Amen? Amen. The Bible says, for he is a propitiation for our sins. Take your Bibles to 1 John. First John. First John chapter 2. And I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. You know, a, a lot of people will tell you that Jesus Christ did not die for the sin of the whole world. He only died for the sin of the selected people. Okay? I have seen people that will tell you that, oh, he, he didn't die for everyone. He only died for the alert. He died for the alert. Now, look at what the Bible says. First John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. First John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Are we all there? The Bible says here, My little children... These things write I unto you, that ye what? 
sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus, what? The righteous. Now, the Bible tells us that we have advocate with the Father. Who is the, our advocate? Jesus Christ. An advocate, I mean, how many of you know the, word, the meaning of advocate? Advocate. The word advocate, you know the advocate. Anyone else? We know the meaning of advocate. Now, advocate is someone that will vouch on your behalf. Just like a lawyer, you have a problem at the court of law, and someone will advocate for you, will speak on your behalf. Okay? So the Bible tells us that we have an advocate with the Father. Now, in saying that, I don't want you to commit sin. I don't want you to sin at all. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, someone that will stand on your behalf with the Father, Jesus the righteous. And look at verse 2. For he is the propitiation for our sin. The word propitiation is someone that appeases the wrath of another. Amen? So the Bible says, Jesus Christ is the one that appeased the wrath of God on our behalf. So the Bible tells us, he is the propitiation for our sins... And not for us only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Amen? You know, what a wonderful... You know, that is why, whether you agree that the Lord Jesus Christ saved you, He died on the cross for you, He shed His blood for you, it does not change. That is what the Bible tells us, and even denying the Lord that bought them. So, the first prophet, they denied the Lord. They were self-righteous people. They were self-righteous people. And that is why Jesus Christ said in the book of Matthew chapter 5, the Bible tells us that, except your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. Take your Bibles to Matthew. I want you to see every passage tonight so that you can go home and study this. Matthew chapter 5 verse 20. Matthew 5 20. The Bible tells us here, the Bible says, For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, here's the thing. God is telling us that your righteousness must be above the righteousness of the scribe and Pharisees. Do you know who the scribes are? They are teachers of the law. You know the Pharisees? They are enforcers of the law. No, the Pharisees are the ones that we look at and say, Hey, you, you are breaking Ten Commandments. You are in trouble today. Oh yeah? Okutada. They really want to stone you. So they are enforcers. That is why Apostle Paul was one of the Pharisees. He was there when they were stoning Stephen to death. So, they were enforcers of the law. The scribes, they were the one who, the teachers of the law. So, God is telling us that now, your righteousness must be way above the righteousness of those scribes and Pharisees. Except that you shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of God. Now, let me ask you. Whose righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees? Whose righteousness? That is the question for you. Whose righteousness exceeds the righteousness of Christ and Pharisee? No, Jesus Christ was talking here. They accept your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribe and Pharisee. You shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, whose righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribe and Pharisee? 
Jump question. Alright. Now I want to think about this. Think about it. Whose righteousness exceeds the righteousness of Sky and Pharisee? I'm asking you a simple question. It's very simple. Right? Very simple. Now, that was what Jesus Christ said to the people. Say, listen, you know the right, I mean, you know the Pharisees, you know the scribes, you know who they are, you know how they are so particular about the laws and the Ten Commandments. If you break them, think about the woman that was taken in adultery and they took uh, her to Jesus Christ and said, according to our law, you're supposed to be stoned to death. What's here thou? And Jesus Christ asked that if you be without sin, you cast your first stone. And the same just cannot telling the people that now, except your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribe and Pharisee, you shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of God. Now, here's my question. Whose righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribe and Pharisee? Huh? There is. Jesus' righteousness. It is only Jesus' righteousness that exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Now, Jesus Christ was telling the people that, listen, I am the only one that has the righteousness that the Pharisees do not have. Even though they were taking you, in, I mean, they were taking you in, I mean, they were, they were taking you for breaking the law, but they are also guilty of the law. Amen? Now, take your Bibles to John. Take your Bibles to the book of John. John chapter 7. Look at what the Bible says in verse 18 and 19. I will there. John chapter 7, verses 18 and 19. The Bible tells us here, He that speaketh of himself, seeketh his own what? His own glory. But he that seeketh his glory, I mean, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true. And no unrighteousness is in him. Now look at verse 19. Did not Moses give you the law? And yet, none of you keepeth the law. Why go ye about to kill me? You see? So, Jesus Christ was telling them, that, listen, even though you are trying to enforce people, you are trying to enforce the law, and you are trying to force people to keep the law, but you don't even keep the law. So, the only righteousness that exceeds the righteousness of the scribe and Pharisee is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And only the righteousness of Jesus Christ we can get to heaven. Only through His righteousness. My righteousness, you know what the Bible tells us? My righteousness is as what? Filthy rocks. Unclean. Dirty. Now, that is what people think I will stand. You know, I love Jehovah's Witness for their enthusiasm, their passion. For outreach, knocking on doors, um, going out around. I love their enthusiasm. But one thing I want you to understand is, even though they do not believe that they are going to heaven, okay, they believe that they are going to stay on earth. And I've shown them Bible passage when I see them and we talk. And here's another thing I wanted to understand. Listen, I wanted to understand that. Most of the time, I, okay, I say, okay, you don't go to heaven. Okay, fine, you don't go to heaven. Now, tell me, if you want to stay on earth, okay, paradise on earth, what is the requirement? What thing do you think we do? In order for you to stay, they will always tell you, you have to keep the law. 
You have to be obedience to God. You have to live a righteous life. You have to live a clean life. Listen, all those things are wonderful. But let me tell you tonight. There is only one thing that can make you accepted in the beloved. And that is only through Jesus Christ. Only through Jesus Christ. And that is why the word of God is so plain, is so clean on this. Even though you want to stay here on earth, you don't want to go to heaven. I have no problem with that. It's between you and your, and your God. But I'm telling you, according to the Bible, for anyone to be right with God, no man cometh unto the Father, but by Him. Jesus Christ is the only doorway. He's the only doorway to heaven. So we need to understand the Bible. We need to understand the word of God. That only through Him, we can enter into the kingdom of God. We can enter into paradise. Let me take your Bibles to Romans chapter 3. Uh, you know, we have seen so many Bible passages, and I want you to understand, you can go home, do your study. Look at every passage in the Bible that talks about righteousness, and look at how God, what, or what God tells us on this. Look at what the Bible says here, in verse 21. But now the righteousness of God, without the Lord, is manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophet. Look at verse 22. Even the righteousness of who? God. Of God. Now, whose righteousness exceeds the righteousness of Scarlet and Pharisee? Of Christ. And the Bible says, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith, of who? Of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no one, for there is no difference. So the Bible is telling us that, you know, whether you are a Jew, whether you are a Gentile, the moment you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have the righteousness of God. And you are declared innocent, justified, redeemed, chosen, and what again? Sanctified, beloved in the sight of God. So I'm telling you tonight, as believers, as brethren, we need to take stand on this truth. There will be false prophets. And they will bring in what? Damnable heiresses. And not only that. They will deny the Lord that bought them. Let's go back. Let's go back to our first, second, second Peter. Second Peter chapter 2. They deny the Lord that bought them. And look at what the Bible says. And bring upon themselves, what? Swift destruction. You know, God is not only always happy when the first prophet, they are deceiving God's people. The Bible says they will bring upon themselves swift destruction. You know the word swift, it means quick. Quick destruction. So God is saying that when this first prophet comes among you, they bring in damnable heresy. They deny the Lord that brought them. They are bringing upon themselves swift destruction. They are going to be destroyed. And that is why the Bible tells us that the wicked shall be destroyed. And all nations that forget who? That forget God. The wicked shall be what? Shall be destroyed. You know, everyone that brings in damnable heresy, the Bible tells us that they shall suffer. They shall be destroyed. 
So, we need to understand this. The saved, their judgment is not going to be lingered. Their judgment is going to come as soon as possible. So, we need to understand that their, I mean, their destruction is already predicted. Their destruction is already what? Predicted. Some, God tells us that they will be destroyed. And I believe, and I, and I thank God that one day there will be no more false prophets. But before God destroys them, we believers, we need to take a stand, a bold stand on the word of God. Listen, I'm going to believe the word of God regardless of what. I always want people to understand this. Listen, if you find yourself in a congregation that, that is telling you that Jesus Christ is not the only way to heaven, that you have to do other things before you get to heaven, you need to get out of there. Because how can you look at John 3.16 and tell me that Jesus Christ is not the only way? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever what? Believe it in him. Should not perish. The word perish means, you look at several words in the Bible, the word perish means to suffer. Now whosoever believeth in him should not suffer. Should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, when do you have everlasting life? When you die or before you die? Before you die. The moment you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Bible tells you that, that moment you have eternal life. No, God is not going to say, oh, uh, let me watch your life. Oh, brother, I'm going to give you eternal life, but, ah, if I give you eternal life, so on the by, oh, on the share my by. Now, I'm going to watch Brother Ayo. Okay, Brother Ayo. Ah! Would you grow? Give me my eternal life. Oh! You came to church today. You take eternal life. Oh! 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 Come here, You've done something wrong again. Give me my eternal life. I mean, we've turned God to a joke. A God that doesn't know what he's doing. But when the Bible tells us that... Take your Bible, First John. Take your Bible, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And I want you to look at verse 10. 1 John chapter 5, from verses 10 to 12. 1 John chapter 5, verses 10 to 12. He that believeth on the Son of God hath what? Hath the witness in himself. But he that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. Now look at verse 11. Look, what is the record? And this is the record that God hath given to us, what? Eternal life. Not God we give. Not God is thinking about giving you eternal life. But the Bible tells us that, that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. Now look at verse 12. He that hath the son hath what? Life. So what do you have when you have the son? Life. What kind of life? Eternal life. Everlasting life. Life that has no end. So that is what God gives. Because the Bible tells us that we were already dead in sin and trespasses. 
But the Bible tells us that God quickens us. For, I mean, in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says, And you at a quicken who were dead in trespasses and sin. So it is the spirit that quickened it. The flesh profited nothing. So Christ quickens us and he gave us the life that is eternal the moment you receive Jesus Christ as your savior. It is not something that God will give you when you, when you, ah, let me watch you until you die. If you do well until the day of your death, I will bless you with life that is eternal. But well, if you don't do well, I'm sorry for you. No eternal life for you. But Christ is saying that if you receive Jesus Christ, look at verse 13. This is the assurance of eternal, the assurance of eternal life. Look at verse 13. The Bible says here, these things have I written unto you that what? That believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know. The word know is the key word. God is saying that you can know that you have eternal life. How can we know that we have eternal life when we believe? So God is telling us that as long as you believe in Jesus Christ, there is eternal life for you. But if you fail to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, there is no eternal life for you. There is no life that is forever. There is no eternal life that I'm going to give you. Look at it. said that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. So, the destruction is coming to anyone that rejects this truth. That rejects this privilege that God has given to everyone. Now, take your Bible. This is where we're going to stop. So, I want you to understand that every, the first prophets are everywhere. They will knock on your door. They will knock on your gate. It, it does not only mean that when they have a church. They are walking around. They are everywhere. They are on the street corner. They are on the radio. Okay? And you can only, if, 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 you, if, you, if, you, if you are a student of the Bible, you can always spot an error. You can all, as instant, I mean, you can always dictate that error. Look at what the Bible says in the book of John, chapter 3. And this is where we're going to stop for tonight. John chapter 3. Look at verse, John three eighteen. John 3, 18. Are we all there? The Bible says, He that believeth on the Son is not what? Condemned. Okay? But he that believeth not is what? Is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Okay? Why is he condemned? Because he doesn't go to church. Because he doesn't pay his tithe. <laughs> because... That, you see, a lot of people today, they frighten you with that. If you don't pay your tithe, you are not going to heaven, no. I wish we can be doing that in our church. Say, hey, if you don't pay tithes, you want to get tithe, ah, you let it cancel, we've canceled your house. You know, you are, there's no eternal life for you anymore. That is what some, they frighten people. They will tell you that as long as you are paying your tithe, you are okay. Irregardless, they don't know where you are bringing that money. As long as your pain is correct, your, your tithe is correct. <laughs> I mean, so the Bible tells us that if you believe in Jesus Christ, you are not condemned. But if you believe not, if you believe not, you are condemned already. Now look at verse 38 of that same chapter. The Bible tells us, He that believeth on the Son hath what? 
everlasting life. It's not we act. It's not I will think about it. Say, heart what? Everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see what? Life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. The wrath of God. Listen, I don't want to experience the wrath of God. But the wrath of God will always be on people that rejected the price that Jesus paid. Now, we go how we tell people that we want to tell you the gospel. But the gospel is in threefold. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we go how, we always want to make sure that all these three are completed. We want people to understand that, listen, Christ died for your sin. He was buried. And the third day, he resurrected again. And that is the gospel. So that is what these people, these false prophets, they deny. They deny the Lord that bought them. And because of that, they will bring upon themselves swift destruction. Listen, this is what the Bible says. says the wrath of God abided. You know, the wrath of God is always on everyone that denied the Lord Jesus Christ. The wrath of God is on you. The moment you die, the wrath of God will be poured on you without mixture. That is what. Take your Bibles to Revelation. The book of Revelation. If I, I hope I can get it. Chapter 13 or 14. Alright, look at what the Bible says. These are the people that deny the Lord Jesus Christ, the worshiper of the beast. Look at what the Bible says in Revelation chapter 14, verse 10. The Bible says, The shame shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out with mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the only angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torments ascended up forever and ever. And they have no rest, no, no rest, day nor night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. So the Bible said, the smoke of their torments ascended forever and ever. The wrath of God. We don't want to experience the wrath of God. It will be poured out without mixture. Anyone that denied the Lord Jesus Christ, they are bringing upon themselves swift destruction and domination. Father, we thank you so much tonight for this uh, little Bible study. Father, we pray that you will continue to help your people to be students of your word. Help us a lot to, be, uh, to understand this truth more and more. And give us passion and power to be able to do what you ask us to do. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thank you for coming. Now